It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. It's 10 minutes after 8, and thank you so much for staying with us. If you've just joined us, well, welcome to the show. So on the Forum at 8 this morning, we focus on what the recent credit ratings downgrades mean for South Africa. But we're also going to delve into who are these credit ratings agencies? Where do they come from? What exactly do they do? Because these are some of the questions that you've been sending us, you trying to grapple with what all of this means, and also, uh, very importantly, how are these decisions going to impact on your daily life, our daily life for that matter? So we will get into that. Uh, so uh, the ratings agencies in the spotlight this morning, are they innocent bystanders in everything that is going on around us, economically speaking? And uh, joining us uh, for this discussion this morning, uh, Ms. Lebohang Peko, who's a political economist, senior research fellow at the Trade Collective. Thanks so much for coming through this morning. Thanks, Akina. And Davi Root joins us on the line. He's director and chief economist of Efficient Group. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Davi. Absolutely, my pleasure, and good morning to you. So let's just start by taking a look at the ratings agencies by looking at um, why do we need them in the first place uh, before we get to the role that they're going to play. Mm. Why do we need to have the likes of Standard & Poor's, Moody's, Fitch? What necessitates their existence? So I think the the first thing is where they come from. So basically that we... We supposedly need them in order to measure the efficacy of different investors and different investment opportunities, whether it's in banks, whether it's in financial markets, whether it's in bond markets, etc. And these, especially the major three, have then become the major way of measuring whether or not a particular investment company, um, a particular bond market, a particular commodity even, is going to be, is going to be viable. And they are paid for these um, ratings. They are paid anything between $1,500 to over $2 million US dollars, depending on the size of the company that procures the rating. So that is why some people feel that, um, you know, credit ratings agencies are necessary to measure whether or not there's a, you know, this is a good investment, a return on investment, and whether there's a possibility of defaulting as well. So Moody's usually measure the possibility of default, um, and then S&P preferred to, oh, I think S&P, and then Moody's then measure whether or not, um, how long the default is going to take place and whether and 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 how what the impact will be of that default so uh, uh, Davi your take on that as well and uh, yeah. the role that they play yeah well uh, essentially uh, you know um, I'm not very good at cars I don't understand motor cars that well I need to have a car always and since my I, I uh, my, my my vehicle was stolen over the weekend I need to go and buy another car but because I don't know cars that well uh, I will go to somebody that I trust and somebody that will advise me on what car to buy. Now, that's exactly the same what the rating agencies, what they will do. It is simply impossible for investors to know about all the possible investment opportunities out there. The rating agencies specialize in analyzing the quality of investments, and then they will advise their clients against the fee, of course, they will advise their clients on what they think, what the quality of a particular investment is. There are a number of things, and Libokong is absolutely correct, there are a number of things that they consider, but in broad terms, I think what one can say is that they look at things like, for example, in the case of a sovereign rating, they look at things like, for example, the economy or economic growth, they look at political issues, and then they look at certain metrics like, for example, whether the state has 
too much debt or whether they were really paying the debt and stuff like that. So they look at a lot of numbers, but they also look at soft issues like, for example, politics. So how credible are these ratings agencies, given the role that they play? They were implicated in uh, the 2008 uh, crash. Mm. Uh, you know, why should we trust them uh, beyond mm. that? And, and, and how then do we go about trusting them to be fair and objective in their dealings? Mm. So I think um, that's, a very, that's a very fair point, is sort of this obsession that we've taken up with them, particularly after the, over, the last, over the last few years. Um, and I think it's also worth noting that credit ratings agencies are a relatively recent phenomena. Only the last 30 years that they've become the globalized international phenomena that we see. The, 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 and, and, and that's for a, a particular reason, many reasons. The one is, of course, um, the, 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 the onslaught of Reagan economics, Thatcherism, and the new market fundamentalism that took place during the 1980s, a lot of deregulation. So that is when companies and, and countries such as the U.S. wanted to test out whether their investments would be safe in particular growing international markets. And prior to that, I think countries, um, several countries had been more interested in IMF and World Bank type um, accreditation or ratings, if, if you know, to put it that way. People were more, were, were more concerned with, especially African countries, were much more concerned concerned with the survival of the economies, having just emerged from the, the, from the strictures of um, very aggressive structural adjustment policies. Um, now, what credit ratings agencies have done since then is that they have become de facto an extension of um, national sentiment. And that national sentiment is one that is governed primarily by the U.S. Um, Federal Reserve. Um, and also that is governed by the Security a- a- um, Exchange Commission. And that's, it's, a, it's the SEC which has put in place what they call um, a national, you know, national, nationally recognized statistical rating organization since 1975. It is they, a national as in the state of the United States. Um, it is they that have decided that a few ratings agencies, there are seven of them, a few have fallen off since then, are the ones which have the accreditation to give, um, to, to, to set collateral on particular, uh, to say whether or not collateral is or is not efficient, is or is not viable. And it is they who have actually created this quagmire of a monopoly between these three who have then become de facto the opinion makers for markets internationally. Davi, um, why haven't they lost any of their influence after the 2008 uh, crash? Well, I think they, they initially, uh, they and Levokong uh, again is correct, I agree with that, I can't really add much to that, but um, uh, I think they've lost a lot of, there was certainly a lot of egg on their faces after the, the, the financial crisis 2007-2008. Mm. Um, maybe what I can add is that initially rating agencies concentrated and focused mostly on the numbers. They would look, for example, at things like, for example, fiscal deficits and debt levels of the state, and they will use that as the, the major or the main motivation for changing ratings. Recently, however, um, they, they started shifting a little bit and other things becoming more important, things like, for example, ideology and Li mm-hmm. um, uh, mentioned the word market fundamentalism and things like that. So it's, they, they've changed the tact a little bit. But you're correct that they lost, did lose 
some, I would say, some status at least after the financial crisis because they missed it. But I think what is, we have to be fair. Rating agencies are people. Uh, they have a lot of economists working for them. They have a lot of analysts working for them. They have very clever people working for them. But they're only people in the end, and they make mistakes as well. And many economists, very few economists, actually saw the financial crisis of 2007-2008. And I certainly did not see that coming. Um, so, so I think we need to be fair with them. They, they're human after all, and they try to making use of certain formula and certain criteria that they use in order to determine if they think that a particular investment is a, is a, a qualify in terms of their certain criteria for, for a certain standard uh, of investment. So what about uh, the political ideologies of these human beings who are then responsible for these ratings? So I think... Um, Myself. Uh, let me just hear Davi on this first, please. Yeah, well, uh, and again, the Liberong mentioned that as well. Is that, the, you know, like anything else, economics and economic thought and schools of thought in economics go through different phases. Like, for example, in, in the early 100 years ago, it was very, very popular to be a communist or a socialist, and eventually that collapsed in the 1980s and it became much more market fundamentalist. And they follow these sort of trends as well. They have economists, or let's call them philosophers, working for them as well. And they would advise countries, or they would rather follow or give a better rating to a country that is more market-orientated, as an example, than a country that's more socialist-orientated, as an example. So without a doubt, like in anything else, ideologies and economic thought and philosophy and all those sort of things influence the rating of our ratings agencies. And and I'm not uh, immune to that. Uh, we are, in a way, also rating agencies. If somebody comes to me and asks me to buy a certain uh, asset, as an example, I will advise them whether I think it's a good investment or not. And, and inevitably, being human, uh, I will be affected by that specific asset or that company's um, ideology or their management or whatever the case might be. So, Lebang, uh, politics do come into play. But you also wanted to respond to uh, something that Davi said. Well, I think politics come into play, and, and I think that's problematic. Uh, and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. If these are supposed to be objective, rational, scientific um, you know, pronouncements, um, I think that it's very problematic, for example, where we've had uh, a ratings agency such as Fitch and also Moody's advising governments, sovereign governments, that it, this is not the moment to hold elections or advising them on their national development and investment policies, um, advising them on particular, very sensitive, uh, you know, advising them that they shouldn't expand, for example, on their social welfare budget. Things that are really intimate and have nothing, are really going into the realm of influencing governance rather than being objective ratings hacks. And that's very problematic. And I think also to to add to that is also that, yes, they're human and, and, and because they're human and they're fallible, why do we behave when the big three arrive in any country as though, um, you know, as though a, a, a trio of deities are actually arriving who are above reproach, who are above corruption, who are above human error? And in you know, recent time after time, this has been found to be completely untrue. That is the concern that I have. I have no issue with ed- an independent and larger pool of ratings agencies um, being able to, 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 to give us some sense of where our economics are going. I do have a problem with that, the fact that the big three are all American-based, so there's only one world perspective. I have a problem that they are all very much linked in with um, U.S. Treasury. That's another world perspective. And I also have a problem that it is such a tiny pool, and there's documentation after documentation that has illustrated that if the SEC had agreed and implemented their moves before 2006, 
Bank's actually, to expand the existing pool of accredited ratings agencies. We could have avoided what we saw in 2008 because the big three all missed it and the big three possibly colluded to give um, Lehman Brothers, etc., um, you know, you know, a particular credit, credit rating which they did not deserve. And of course, the list of disasters that one can name, Greece, Ireland um, as well. Again, can I, can I yes, please, Darby. Yeah, well, yeah, the reality is, is that it's impossible to be objective when you talk about economics. There are, many, there are so many variables and there are so many different ways of looking at things. It is completely impossible. If we really want to be objective, we can look at one set of numbers, and I've mentioned this before, like, for example, debt to GDP only. And only based on debt to GDP, we're going to decide to, to, to change the rating of, of, a com- of a country, as an example. But, but that really... But that doesn't tell you much because it really depends on where that specific country is. In the case of Japan, they've got debt to GDP ratios of, of close to 300% to GDP. Ours is just over 50%, but we are much worse rated than Japan. So you can't use one specific uh, matrix. And then your reference to 2006, 2007, and 8, the financial crisis then, um, I would argue uh, that, that the financial crisis then was, to a large extent, caused by, by central banks. It was caused by the central banks by allowing monetary policy being far too accommodative, sucking people into borrowing money and pushing up uh, uh, property prices, and, uh, and that led to the financial crisis eventually. And then, uh, the, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. They are very, very powerful institutions. They decide like, if whether a country like South Africa should be downgraded or not. They have a huge impact on the South African economy. But whether we like this or not, there are, there are hundreds of billions of rands behind them. And there are many, many um, uh, asset managers and many uh, investors behind them listening to what they are saying. Yes, I would like to have a rating agency that is friendlier to South Africa, but the reality is I'm not going to change that, and South Africa is not going to change it. The investors they will decide who they're going to listen to. And at the moment, the investors decided to listen to Standard & Poor's and other rating agencies. But, but, but given what we know, given what we've seen, um, given that, as you said earlier, these ratings agencies have been left with egg on their face in yeah. some instances, uh, given the fact, as uh, Lebohang pointed out, that it gives only uh, one perspective, one world view on the economic outlook of uh, the world's economy, why shouldn't we be thinking about reforms in this regard? Yes, what does it mean? Does it mean that we're going to get another rating agency? Sure, we can get another rating agency. They must talk about the BRICS countries establishing their own set of rating agencies or agency. They can do that, certainly. But the question is, are we going to convince the international investors to rather listen to our rating agency, or will they keep on listening to Standard & Poor's? We are on, the, we are on the, the receiving end of capital flows. We want international investors to invest in South Africa. They have a certain set of criteria that they are following. And whether we like this or not, we have to comply with that if, they want, if we want their money. It is their money. Sure, we can try to establish a rating agency, a BRICS rating agency, which I think is quite a good idea. But it will take some time before the international investors will really trust the, the judgment of this specific new agency. But wouldn't competition be a good thing at, sure. uh, in this regard? Mm. Without a doubt. But in this instance, what happens is that, and we, we talk about 2007 when the rating agencies got it wrong, and that is what will happen with the international investors as well. If they see that the rating agency keeps on getting it wrong all the time, then they will move away. I mean, there are instances where they take their money away, even amongst the big three rating agencies. Um, they move away from the one and move to the other one because the rating agencies reckon, or the, the investors reckon that one 
specific rating agency is better in a particular field. Uh, a very good example is that Fitch. Fitch is one of those three major rating agencies, but mostly international investors will consider the rating of Standard & Poor's more important than the rating of Fitch when it comes to South Africa, as an example. Hmm. But I think, I mean... You know, the, 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 there are a few things just in response to your question, Sakina, in terms of the, the credit ratings agencies and, and, and the place that they hold at the moment. I mean, the lack, the lack of competition is very important to note. And what has also been noted is that um, in that lack of competition, um, it means that high ratings are given to low-quality assets. And what has this meant? This has meant that there's been risk that has been passed onto international markets many times. 2008 was not the first time that this has happened. Ratings agencies were already lambasted in the 1990s for not picking up early enough on the Asian crisis as well, where currency... So this is not new. This is this has been happening. I think, secondly, it's also worth noting that um, the lack of accountability is very problematic, that we don't understand clearly what their methodologies are. They're very opaque, very... Se- oh, I don't know if they're, 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 they intend to be secretive, but they certainly don't publish their methodologies. And I think that for, for three particular entities which wield $30 trillion worth... Um, you know, in terms of the assets that they assess globally, we should surely have an inkling of how they're arriving at their methodology. And I mean, several people who have worked at SNP, you know, there have been these ongoing confessionals about how they guess, how they use secondary data, how they get it wrong, how they are overworked, how, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They might be clever people, but they're also very fallible. Mm-hmm. And I think that this lack of accountability is very, very problematic. And I think also the lack of independence so the notion that they are these sort of like um, the, these these entities that are uh, that, that live in a bubble of complete objectivity, and I think uh, and, you know, as 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 the colleague, as Davi has also alluded to, mm. is also a fallacy that you know that they do listen, and I think to things that they shouldn't. You know, they're watching, they sit on, they sit and Google that. Oh, okay, so hundred thousand people are marching to union buildings today. Ah, you guys are unstable, and things that really perhaps they they, they need they 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 don't per, per se need to use that as an, an exact measure of whether or not a country is stable. And I think that the lack of independence has, been, has also been noted um, and, and, and that they also can trigger crisis. I think this is an important point to raise, that they have triggered crisis uh, at particular times. Um, I mean, in, in 1997, they were criticized for not providing early warning signals. And surely if you're sitting there crunching all these numbers, that would be very important. And I think that, that, that their failure... To, to challenge fundamental assumptions on which their own assessment of sustainable sovereign debt in the eurozone has also meant that there really has been very poor differentiation between the credit ratings of different countries. So we've seen then how a Greek, you know, the, the, the uh, particular commodities in Greece were rated quite favorably. Six months later, Greece was in crisis. These these little these these little own gold. They just keep on happening and companies which have been bankrupted based on a negative sentiment given by credit ratings agencies. And I think just also to say that there's a, something a bit naughty that some of the ratings agencies do where they where they offer to rate a, a, a huge organization or a company for free. They did that with an insurance company called Hanover in, in, in Germany some years ago. They then published, without the consent of the company, they published this negative outlook. This, this insurance company's assets 
were wiped out to the uh, to the tune of almost a billion euros. I'm sure they wish that they had they, they had passed on that freebie. So I mean, th- th- those kind of triggers are also very problematic and 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 frank- frankly, sometimes very irresponsible. Yeah. Uh, Darby, tell you what, I don't want to cut you short in your response to that, and we're coming up to a news headlines. So let me just rather read a few of the comments coming through from our listeners, and then I'll get you to respond first after the news break and also take some calls. Siandam Da says, uh, listening to your conversation, these credit ratings agencies are very important. My question is, who regulates them? Are there countries who don't use these credit ratings agencies? And what impact would ignoring these agencies have on a country? Um, Atiro Makudu says, lenders give money at high rates. Ratings agencies then downgrade to make impossible to repay and therefore buying control of states. Uh, Anon Cognito says, is South Africa's rating justified given the stability of our political environment? And uh, Larry Lears, says any credit agreement has conditions attached to it and if you don't like those simply opt out of the agreement no stories so interesting questions being raised interesting comments we'll come back to this after the news break and uh, we'll open the lines 0891104208 and i also want to move towards how, what does this mean for the ordinary man on the street how will this actually hit us in the pocket The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Well, in uh, assessing the creditworthiness of a country, we look um, at a relatively broad set of factors. We organize them in essentially four pillars, um, structural factors like GDP per capita, uh, public finances like GDP or government debts, external um, factors such as the current account um, or um, external uh, international reserves, um, and uh, then finally macroeconomic factors like uh, trend GDP growth or growth volatility or inflation volatility. Mm. And uh, you also, I see in the latest statement in your credit downgrade of South Africa, spoke about uh, not only the fiscal uh, policy trajectory, but you also spoke about the political landscape, that there were fears that there would be policy changes as a result of the reshuffle. Why venture into that area? Well, um, obviously the, the, the core uh, quantitative factors um, such as uh, debt-to-GDP levels, don't f- capture the full picture of credit wo- creditworthiness. And so we do have a qualitative adjustment framework in which we uh, incorporate things um, like uh, like uh, policy questions or policy, economic policy issues. Um, um, we also incorporate, for example, uh, uh, on the quantitative side, a factor for governance, um, and um, uh, that is actually quite an important, the quality of governance is quite an important indicator, um, but um, depending on whether we feel that it sufficiently captures the real picture in the country, we may adapt, uh, adjust that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, governance is very much at the centerpiece of the rating decision that we've, uh, we've made last week. Um, the the, the uh, decision was based on the assumption that the um, that the uh, cabinet reshuffle did not just mean a change in personnel, but that it also signaled a change in direction of economic policy 
um, and particularly in the context of governance of state-owned enterprise. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't see any evidence of, uh, of bias against, against uh, developing nations. Um, we, we just have a framework that tries to assess the probability of a default in the country um, and um, we try to incorporate uh, really the factors that are relevant for for assessing that, including a number of quantitative factors and and uh, qualitative assessments. There are uh, qualitative factors feeding into that, um, uh, but uh, I can assure you that from our side there is no uh, no bias against uh, mm-hmm. any specific country or against. Um, against emerging markets uh, in, in general. And that was Jan Friedrich, uh, Senior Director, Middle East and African Sovereigns at Fitch Ratings Agency, speaking to my colleague Tepito Makwetla earlier on in the week. So we're focusing on these ratings agencies this morning, uh, what their role is, uh, you know, uh, whether they are political players, what exactly do they do and how does it affect you and I in the long run? And uh, our guest this morning, we have Ms. Lebohang Peko, who's a political economist and senior researcher fellow at the Trade Collective, and Davi Ruid, Director and Chief Economist of Efficient Group. So, Davi, I promise to come back to you first, and uh, the lines are open. You can start calling 0891-104-208. Davi? Okay, thank you, Sikin. Well, well, first of all, I just have to make this point, is that I am not defending the rating agencies. That's not my job to defend them. I'm trying to, 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 see, to try to understand what is going on. Uh, in the markets, and 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 I don't think the rating agencies are really that powerful. And I can give you one or two examples of that. Certainly, they do influence the market; they have an effect on the market, but they don't determine where the financial market is going to go to. Now, let me give you two very good examples: is that the United States itself was downgraded, mm-hmm. downgraded not too long ago, and there was hardly any. In fact. The market actually appreciated that market actually that specific instrument actually uh, actually increased in price. In the case of South Africa, we just got downgraded recently, and I think we should have been based on the way I understand they do the ratings. I think we should have been downgraded some time ago. In fact, I think they've given us some some extra time before they decided to downgrade South Africa. But if you see how the financial markets reacted, yes, the rand was a little bit weaker, and yes, the bond market was a, a little bit weaker, but. To a large extent, this was priced into the financial market. So the financial markets already expected the downgrade, and it certainly was not that much of a surprise. And the bond market was exactly the market that was downgraded, the, 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 uh, not the local uh, domestic uh, debt, but then the local domestic debt reacted to that as well. I don't want to get too technical, but the point I want mm-hmm. to make is, is that although South Africa has seen a downgrade, in our case, and not only our case, many other investment houses as well, actually do have a positive outlook for South African government, domestic government bonds, because of things like, for example, the returns that we're offering at the moment. So it's not a rating agency that's going to sway me, as an example, to tell my investors not to invest in South African bonds, as another example. I do my own analysis, and I think South African bonds, even at these slightly weaker levels, are very attractive at the moment. Um, I think basically it's important to, I mean, I, 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 I hear all of this. I think that it's also important to note whether or not um, government bonds, um, credit ratings agencies, etc., 
the, the presumption that we make about um, you know ratings agencies is that their job is to rate investments for other countries into international markets and usually European and the US markets particularly and and their you know US companies etc but i think that we should also remember that the world is shifting and that the, you know the flow of business capital and sentiment is not unidirectional. We're living in a multipolar world. We have got huge economic powers, um, which are, you know, like, like you know, India, which represents a billion people. Um, China represents another 1 billion, 1.4 billion people. The Africa continent um, aggregated represents almost another billion people. I think that it would be fair to say that even, you know, the, 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 the way, the playing field of how international investment has been con- conducted and international economics is shifting and it is becoming in in many respects truly more internationalized rather than an extension of um EU and US international interest and international um, economic interests and and surely the, we, we need a broader menu of ratings agencies that can reflect this um, and I think that what's quite you know how this happens is you know is probably a, a subject for a different debate but I think that that's very important and I think another thing that's quite important to say is that in as much as ratings agencies may not have that much power I think I'd argue slightly differently I think that they carry a lot of sentiment and the fact that they they wield a lot of market voice has by extension given them a lot of market power P- um, companies will pull out based on a a negative sentiment in many instances and with some disastrous consequences as i've already narrated but i think that added to that is the idea that um not only is it about sentiment but it's also about the ability for governments companies to be able to have some kind of a redress i think what's quite problematic is that you know snp arrive they land they pronounce and there's absolutely no opportunity to engage with the you know very meaningfully with the process before and certainly with the process after yes indeed south africa in this instance has been given many many long ropes with which to hang itself um so, you know in, in terms of recent mm. really appalling um you know decisions um the 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 the, the with the finance ministers over the past 18 months etc etc however i do think that as a principle i mean the countries like ireland russia brazil india who have all complained turkey and and these are the emerging markets and i think that's quite significant that these are also middle income economies like our own which are also trying to buttress their way into international markets that there has to be some way of uh, some kind of a right to replace Apply, um, and that we need to have a much more transparent sense of how these methodologies were were arrived at. And I think, I mean, I, I appreciate what the the chap from Fitch mentioned and narrated earlier. But that's very technical language, and I think that it's not really borne out by the fact that there is a very there, there is um there are still hazards in the credit rating industry, which mean that we we have to be very careful and cautious about the extent to which we're able to take their ratings on board without bearing in mind other factors as well. I think that they should be one voice among many, but not the loudest voice in the room, which is what they have become. Right, and uh, of course... We find ourselves now in this position where we have been downgraded. So where to from here? But that let's uh, hear from our listeners as well. 891 starting with Rupert in Somerset West. Good morning, Rupert. Yeah, good morning, Zakina. <coughs> I think this debate needs a bit of a reality check. You can't force someone to lend money to you. The credit rating agencies... Their responsibility is to creditors and not debtors. 
it really doesn't matter what the debtors think of the rating agency. That's point one. Point two, 2008 demonstrated that objective factors are not sufficient. Statistical models didn't work then. There needs to be some subjectivity, and political subjectivity is important. So, for example, Greece should not have been allowed to join the euro. In the South African context, what does radical economic transformation mean? Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much, Rupert. Uh, Fumani is in Soweto. Morning to you. Morning, uh, um, sister, uh, and your guests. Now, I've been following developing countries, and in particular African countries from 1978, when Africa was still referred to as a dark continent. This is my observation. Zimbabwe, according to my brother, David Roth, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and these guys who, 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 who monitor us, sports and whatever, is more time, five times junk than our own country, South Africa, and it's a smaller economy. Now, in December, China completed an airport at Victoria Falls, $150 million. And that airport is now completing our OR in terms of tourism uh, access. Airlines are queuing up to go there. It's not going to be bigger than OR Campbell. They've completed a 750-kilometer railway for a poor country, Ethiopia, all electric, high speed for passengers and goods, which will cut travel from two days to to 10 hours. One is being opened in, 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 in in Kenya. I'm sure all these are junk economies. Now, what's the lesson? We must focus on one, the BRICS must be promoted by the foreign minister now. The BRICS bank. It's difficult for us here because our media is Western. Therefore, the three examples are given our people don't know about. They are talking about South Africa and Africa. Government is trying its best but our media is semi foreign. I've made my point. I, I'm more uh, in support. Yeah, of but I think that's a cheap shot at the media because it's not the media that actually develops policy. It is not the media that actually decides how to respond to these ratings agencies. So I, I, I have to get one in for the media there. You cannot blame the media for that. David in Pretoria, good morning. Hello, good morning. Uh, thank you, Sakina, and uh, the panelists. What I want to say is I think this discussion is very important. And then for me, what, what it's, it's highlighting is the need for reform uh, of these institutions. But what we shouldn't also, I think, forget is that uh, it's two equation. Uh, and what we may, may need, maybe a different forum, is to talk about the agency of countries like South Africa and many in the global south. And, and what strategy, what economic strategy they can use in order to kind of mitigate the possible consequence of yeah. power being on one side. Because what we're having is, for instance, if you see China, China has taken the model of national accumulation. What that meant was it cushioned itself against possible repercussion. 
by Western uh, capital institutions. So we need to talk about the agency with the Global South, both in terms of economic agency and political agency and the strategies in order to mitigate this one. Thank you. Thank you so much, David. Bruce in Port Elizabeth, good morning. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Um, I think sometimes we miss the point, and your guest as well, and I think a lot of the commentary and a lot of our politicians seem to miss the fact that ratings agencies or businesses like um, anywhere else, if they don't perform, if they don't provide service, investors who use them, who go to them to spend money by investing elsewhere, just simply won't use them if they're not doing the job. Sure, they make a mistake. So if I can draw the analogy with uh, a, a typical business that we can all identify with, uh, let's say, Shabin. In a particular area, there are five Shabins, okay? Three of them are very popular. They're popular for a reason, because they provide the service. The people spending the money, the investors, go there because they're getting the service. Now, what we're trying to do is to say, but hang on, these other two guys that aren't getting the business. We're saying, no, but those three, they're not very good, and they're colluding with their pricing, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, we've got to convince those patrons, those customers, not to go to those three things. Now, how can you go and tell someone who's going somewhere for a drink how to spend their money? They decide where they get their performance, where they get the good service. That's where they go. What they're trying to do is to say, no, no, those three are wrong. You've got to come to these other, other two. But at the end of the day, customer decides. One from his experience with those agencies, what experiences he had. He goes somewhere else, gets data analysis from somebody else. What does this person say? A newcomer to the area. Ask different people, including those businesses themselves. They're all going to tell you, we're fantastic, we're fantastic. But at the end of the day, when he goes where they get the service. So those three agencies are where they are because they've outperformed everyone else. They've provided the superior service. Yes, they make mistakes, like any other business. They sometimes get it wrong. We're all humans. What your guest is trying to do is to come in here and tell they're all colluding, they're wrong, they're not independent, they're bringing down countries. What a load of absolute twaddle. And this is what the type of language you hear from a politician. They don't understand business. It's about business people. And investors go to these agencies for one opinion amongst five other criteria that they use to decide where am I going to put my money, where am I going to put my clients' money. Now, they see what's going on in South Africa. You can invest in a country. It's telling you, um, you know, the rule of law, the Constitution doesn't mean anything. Of course, they're not going to come put their money here. It's simple. Now, we want to blame the ratings agencies and not the fundamental problems that we have in the country for, for lack of investment. All right. Thank Thanks, Bruce. Let's take a final one from Emmanuel before we get our panel to respond. Emmanuel in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. And good morning to your panel there. Yeah. Uh, my take on this matter is that... Um, we are told that the world that we are now in, the world is in a, a, a small village now. We are so connected. That Unfortunately, we lost Emmanuel. Okay, let's respond. Uh, well, we need to take a break. We'll respond after the break. Choose to go through the toll plazas quicker this Easter. Open a Sunrail account, get a tag, and use the tag-accepted lanes at most toll plazas in SA to pay your toll. It does not cost you more. Call 0800-726-725 for more details. Sunrail, Beyond Roads, an agency of the Department of Transport. Terms and conditions apply.
The battle for three points is on in the Absa Premiership. Rikau Fela. On Saturday at 3 p.m., Abafana Bestand hosts Ajax Cape Town at Princess Magogo Stadium and Amakosi and Chiba United at Mbombela Stadium at 6 p.m. At quarter past eight, Highlands Park tackles Orlando Pirates at Makulong Stadium. On Sunday at 3, Free State Stars is at James Mutati against Mamilodi Sundowns. Tickets available from 40 Rand. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. We're talking about ratings agencies this morning uh, with uh, Davi Root and uh, Lebo Hang Peko. Mm. Let me read some of the SMSs. 10 KZN says, SK, I concur with your guess. I believe that it would be better if these agencies were chosen from local communities who understand the politics there. Uh, this one, unsigned, says, credit ratings are the products of Federal Reserve, which is privately owned, and its objective is to take control of each uh, country's economies. In an instance where they can't, uh, then they discredit the country. Recent victims of this includes North Korea, Syria, Iran and these agencies are politically motivated and it has nothing to do with the issue of numbers in that country. Uh, This one says uh, we were downgraded for a good reason. Zuma. And then Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, do ratings agencies operate more or less like our banks do, whereby if one has been blacklisted, uh, you can't get a loan and you have to resort to mashonisas and pay exorbitant interest rates? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hitme, uh, says, Sakina, the more I listen to some economists, the more I believe the book Confessions of an Economic mm-hmm. Hitman. And then uh, this one from Hule. Hule says, ANC, Youth League, ANC, Women's League, etc. They hate white monopoly capital but expects most white investors to bring their money here um, have to laugh at that and this one says if you don't like the news uh, start your own newspaper and tv station and if you don't like the ratings agency start your own agency um, this one from martin in Southside. why worry about agencies uh, which were fined 26 billion rand for false accounting and misled the markets leading to the 2008 financial collapse uh in cape town says sk why uh, Russia, China, and India? Why don't they use? Uh, why don't they use Western ratings agencies? And uh, Pro says, if uh, they are hu- if they are human as well, and they make mistakes, should we be taking them seriously? The fact that they are also being paid by certain countries uh, makes them prone to corruption, and many, many more. Whew. Quite a bit to bite into there. Uh, Davi, let's give yeah, you the first is, bite. Yes, I'm not going to touch on everything. A lot of things have been said that I agree with and a couple of things that I don't agree with. The reality is is that the South African economy has been doing horribly the last couple of years. Now, the, the financial markets and you and I and all of us, we've been talking about how things are deteriorating in South Africa. Our per capita GDP has been under pressure. Our poverty is going up. Our unemployment levels are going up. We've all seen this. The financial markets have seen this. And when the rating agencies eventually decided to downgrade South Africa, there was very little movement on the financial markets, much less than what one would have expected. So we, we all actually agree with the rating agencies. And if you blame the rating agencies, it's not blaming your scale if you are overweight. The reality is we can, maybe we can argue whether we should be a junk or not, but, but, but we all agree that things have been deteriorating in South Africa. So the real debate should not be on whether we should be following the rating agencies or not. The real debate should be what can we do to rectify things in South Africa. And that's what we need to talk about. And eventually, mm-hmm. 
the rating agency will, will recognize this and eventually they may give us an improved rating again eventually. But, but it's for the benefit of all South Africans to make sure that we put the South African economy on a growth trajectory because what we've had in recent years is a destructive government and a government that contributed to the increase of unemployment and poverty in South Africa. And the rating agencies are simply telling us what we all already know. Yeah, so I think, I mean, yeah, a lot of very interesting comments and, um, you know, again, uh, you know, one can't respond to all of them. I think except to say that in, 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 for one thing, a lot of these critiques um, are not really from here. I mean, I think we're agreeing with um, stuff that's been said that's coming out of the Harvard Law Review, that's coming from the London School of Economics, um, complaints that have been made by the EU Commission on Trade and the Economy, for example. So even the EU is very upset and feel that the Eurozone has been marginalized and discriminated against by the major credit agencies. So um, it's it's not just about African countries and South Africa crowing foul. It's quite a number of other countries and including northern countries. I think it's also worth saying that we do need to think about our own, the, the way in which we have managed our, our own economy. And, the, and this critique on credit ratings agencies is not because the South African economy has been, without, has been completely virtuous. It hasn't. The management of it has been appalling. We've made... A, a, a number of disastrous and unnecessary, sometimes politically driven economic choices. And that's absolutely unacceptable. But what is equally unacceptable, I think, is that the idea that credit ratings agencies are themselves completely virtuous entities and that they are the ones by whom we should set our narrative. I think that we need to think about things like um, galvanizing our manufacturing sector, galvanizing um, I mean, the comp- uh, our consumer price index, which is you know, the breadbasket of goods, has been appalling. Um, you know, the, and, and you see this, and these are the these are the issues that are touching on people's lives daily. We're going to see a fuel price increase. We're going to see an, probably an interest an an, 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 an increase in 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 interest, um, which means that our you know the cost of our houses, our bonds, etc. And it's not going to be a happy picture. Now, I think that. We have to figure out for ourselves, as every country does, how we are going to hold our government and our, our fiscal and monetary policy by extension to account and enable it to be much more responsive. We need um, an economy that is much more responsive to people's needs. And the one that we have had for the last while and most markedly over the last 24 months in particular has not been so. Do we need a multiple pool of agencies and credit, you know, accreditation method- methodologies Yes, we certainly do. Are the big three by themselves competent and skilled to do that? Very questionable. So we have exactly a minute to go. Let me put this question because I think this sums it up nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, Joanna Flanders asks, given all the realities of these credit ratings agencies, how do we lessen the negative impact on South Africa and ordinary citizens? 15 seconds. What can we do right off the bat? I mean, the things that are ugly, which people are not going to like, and I think that this is the unfortunate thing, is that they feed into austerity, raising VAT, raising taxes, raising petrol prices, um, toll fees, property taxes, raising electricity and public utilities, imposing fresh taxes, um, cost of services rendered by state enterprises. It's, 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 these are all ugly, um, ugly ways of having to deal with things. I mean, there are a whole host of others, different countries, South Korea, um, Turkey. 
Turkey, Russia, they've all had to do different things, um, political reform, economic reform, fiscal consolidation, austerity. I mean, the, the undercutting, people in Greece were upset because this was about austerity. And I think the unfortunate thing is that always the citizen, the consumer is the one who is on the back end either of bad choices by the state or by dodgy ratings as well. Davi? Yes, shortly. I think what we need to do is to get confidence back in the South African economy. We simply do not have that. And, and, and I think a good place to start is to make some political changes in South Africa. You can quite clearly see how the, the financial markets react to political decisions in South Africa, South Africa. So clearly we've got a confidence problem. And maybe just a last comment about the rating agencies. They are simply the messenger. Don't blame the messenger. Well, that's where we're going to leave it this morning. Thank you so much to our guests. Great to see that you all loved the discussion this morning. Appreciate you listening. And don't forget, tomorrow is a public holiday, uh, so we'll start at 7. It's from 7 until 9, not 6 to 9. And uh, enjoy your voyage if you're going somewhere. Uh, Drive safely, arrive alive, and, of course, enjoy your Easter weekend. But we are back here tomorrow from 7 until 9. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to the... uh, Uh, production team. It's time now for the latest news with Nomsam Luli.